and there is my timer. So as we get into this message, I'm not going to read Acts chapter 2 again. Pastor Paul did such an amazing, amazing job at that. But I want you to keep that in your back of your mind as we we go through this. And also, you know, I felt kind of compelled to do this. Before we get into uh, the message, I did want to take a moment. I just want to honor Pastor Paul and Pastor Mike um, as a young pastor uh, it's, it's awesome to be able to look at those who have gone before me and follow their example and in a lot of ways stand on their shoulders as, you know, we as the, as the church, we're standing on the shoulders, so to speak, of those who, the disciples uh, who gathered at Pentecost and have been following generation after generation, carrying on the word and the spirit and the traditions. So I want to honor you two pastors for doing that and paving the way for a young generation of pastors like myself uh, to carry on the traditions and the word and the spirit of the Lord. So thank you guys very much for who you are and, and what you guys do, and, and hopefully I, I uh, can follow in your footsteps well. But I want to open up with a story of a friend of mine by the name of Maeve Carver. And if you're watching this Maeve on YouTube, how are you doing? I was a uh, youth pastor for about five or six years, loved doing it. Teenagers are awesome. They dress weird and it's okay. They talk weird. That's fine. Um, But I, I love teenagers. And one summer I was taking a group of teenagers out to street evangelize in Tacoma and in Puyallup. And what we would do is we'd, we'd spend one day kind of training and, and creating uh, the administration safety. When you take teenagers anywhere, you have to have like administration and safety and making sure everything's okay. Um, so we were, we were taking these kids out to downtown Puyallup, out where the library is, you know, that I believe it's Pioneer Park. And we were going to street evangelize in, in an August, beautiful summer day. And before we went, I said, okay, guys, I want you guys, we're going to take 20 minutes and we're going to go and pray. And I want you guys to go find a corner wherever in this field. And I want you guys to pray and then we'll go get on the bus. We'll go out to, uh, and we'll go out and evangelize. So everybody broke up and we prayed for about 20 minutes. And this young lady named Maeve Carver came up to me and she said, Pastor Eric, I saw this vision in my head of an English terrier dog and I can't shed it. I can't shake it. Could this mean something? I said, an English terrier dog. You know what? How about this? You write it down, and then we'll just kind of see see what happens. I mean, English terrier dog, it sounds odd. It sounds weird, right? Like an English terrier dog, what what could that possibly mean? So she wrote it down. We got on the bus. We went out. We're walking around downtown Puyallup. Beautiful summer day. There's people everywhere. And as she's, she's walking around Pioneer Park, She just kind of like doesn't know who to talk to. I mean, teenagers, you know, so she looks up in the sky. She's kind of standing there and she sees a cloud that looks like an English terrier dog. And she thought, well, that's interesting. And as she drops her kind of her head back down to, to earth, she sees a woman standing underneath this cloud, you know, in the general vicinity. She drops back down and she goes, "Okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to this woman. And she goes and she goes, approaches this woman, and she says, ma'am, hi, you know, do you by any chance have an English terrier dog? Come to find out the woman does have an English terrier dog. 
And that led to a 20-minute conversation of a little teenage girl with pink hair or blue or whatever it was at the time. Maybe if you're watching, you'll remember what color her hair was. But she ends up sharing the goodness of God in her life to this woman for 20 minutes. And then at the end is able to pray with this woman and bless her as she goes on the way. And I love that story so much because it was just a simple testimony of how one teenager was empowered by the Holy Spirit to be bold. And it came from an intimate place. She started in an intimate place with Jesus and was given just a simple picture that ended up bringing the goodness of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ to the attention of this woman. And Maeve was able to share what Jesus had done in her life. Now, the dog, it might seem silly, but it was a language that this woman was going to be able to understand. She, she understood the English Terrier, and through a series of what seemed like silly events, there was a really powerful moment that this woman might not have had otherwise. And I'm so excited for, for Maeve because now she lives in Boston, and she goes up and down uh, the East Coast, and she goes to Central America sharing the goodness of God with people. So not only was this woman blessed with the good news of Jesus Christ, but also it emboldened this young lady to now continue to live a lifestyle of taking steps towards being an emboldened and empowered follower of Jesus. Now, today is the day of Pentecost, and I want to, before we get into it, I want to build a little framework around and just kind of give some facts about Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is, is, Pentecost is a Greek word, and that means 50. Now, we hear the, the term Pentecost in the New Testament. We hear Shavuot, which is a Hebrew word meaning weeks, and we hear the Feast of Weeks, and they're all kind of in procession. Now, the Feast of Weeks traditionally began about two days after Passover, and that was a succession of seven weeks, and so basically 49 days, and the 50th day was Pentecost. And I would make this note as well. Study, like pay attention to the number seven in Scripture, especially in the book of Daniel, especially in the book of Revelation. Okay, now Pentecost marked the end of the barley harvest and the beginning of the wheat harvest. Now, many festivals were about seven days, but Pentecost was one day because there was a harvest to go out and gather. There was work to be done. Now, Pentecost also is the celebration of the birth of Israel. Now, about 50 days, and I use the word about approximately 50 days after the Red Sea parted and the nation of Israel escaped from the Egyptians, uh, Moses ascends Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. And I love this so much because this first Pentecost was the birth of Israel, and the Pentecost we see in the book of Acts was the birth of the church. Now also... This is the first time since the Garden of Eden do we see a man standing in the glory of God, and that would be Moses. There had been a divide, obviously, since the fall of man between flesh and spirit and between God and man, and this was a reuniting. It was a renewal. Now, as we get into this, I want to start in Exodus chapter 19, and at the end of your packets, you can follow along if you would like. 
Exodus 19, 1 through 6, it says this, On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai and encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, And to the people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples of the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. The Lord is making a beautiful declaration over the Hebrew people. For 430 years, they had been slaves. They had been property. They had been at the whim of the Egyptian Pharaoh to build whatever it was he needed or wanted. And now he was beginning a righteous process to remove not only the physical bonds of slavery, but the mental, emotional, and spiritual bonds as well. God speaks to Moses about what his desires are for his people. And I love this about God. What we saw, what the world saw was a generation of slaves. What Egypt saw was a generation of slaves, generations, multiple generations of slaves. But what God saw was a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I think that needs to be a reminder to all of us That God doesn't see us by what binds us or what struggles us or what ails us. He sees us as what he has declared over your life. A holy nation and a royal priesthood. Aren't you grateful for that? God was speaking to Moses so he could in turn instruct the people of the intimate relationship that we are invited into with our great God. Now, Pentecost is a renewal of intimate reverence before God. And just like I told that story of my friend Maeve, she, see, Maeve had an intimate encounter with God, which led to, to being able to have the boldness to share the love of Jesus with some random woman on the streets. But how many of you know that woman was not random to God? Exodus 19, 7 through 12. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words so that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe in you forever. Then Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. On the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people and you shall set limits for the people all around saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. Yikes. I think it's important to note that Moses, if you remember, struggled to speak. He had a speech impediment. 
And he goes to the Lord with this in Exodus chapter 3. But God steadied his tongue when his tongue spoke the words that God put on it. Now, imagine how different our lives would be, our relationships would be, if we spoke the words of the Lord to each other. If we spoke the words that brought glory to God and honor to God, how different would our marriage be, our relationship with our kids, our relationship with ourself? Yeah. <laughs> it's not just about what we speak, it's also about how we behave, how we interact with culture, how we lead our communities. And I think about this a lot. I believe that Holy Spirit-filled Jesus followers should be leading in all areas of culture and society. I believe we desperately need to be leading in politics, school system, boardrooms, business meetings, military leadership, foreign relations. What God spoke to Moses about his people still rings true today. We are a holy nation, a kingdom of priests, God's treasured possession. You are God's treasured possession. If that's what we are, shouldn't we be in high places of influence and decision? Look what happens to culture when people who reject those ideas are making decisions. Okay? Moses now had to give tough instructions to the people. And remember, the people didn't always like Moses. They didn't always listen to him. And if you continue to read the narrative, they grumbled against Moses quite a bit. Just like Moses was empowered to have a voice to speak and lead God's people and give them righteous instructions and boundaries, so should we as God's people have that same empowerment. Pentecost is a renewal of the empowerment of the individual. Now there's a boldness that comes with obedience. There is courage that comes from God's presence. And if a 16-year-old girl can follow the leading of the Lord, how much more can I? How much more should I? Exodus 19, we're almost done. Exodus 19, 16 through 19. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand on the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire and smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in the thunder. Now this is a powerful illustration of God's desire to be near us but also the need for us to honor, respect, and righteously fear the Lord. If there's not a comparison between man and the glory and majesty of God in this visual, then I don't know what is. He holds the glory, the power, the authority, the majesty, the sovereignty. But yet he invites us into this beautiful partnership with him to go out and touch the world with that glory and with that power and that love and that authority. With the thunder, imagine being, now, imagine being the foot of that mountain and looking up and seeing this take place. The thunder and the lightning and the cloud of smoke and the trumpets and the wind, each one representing 
the glory of God. I mean, I'm sure there was a mix of emotions, wasn't there? But now imagine being Moses and being in the center of that glory and majesty and authority. As we close, Revelations 4, 1 through 6 says, is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. After I look, and this is, this is now John speaking in the book of Revelation. After I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here. And I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones and seated on those thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with crowns on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are seven spirits, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. We see in this passage. Now it says seven spirits of God to make a note. That's talking about the complete one spirit of God. We know there's not seven gods. There's one God. We see in this passage the similarities between what was happening on Mount Sinai and what is, what how is, has been, and what will always be taking place in the throne room of our great God. And it is inspiring and overwhelming. Now in closing, I want to wrap back around to what is taking place in Act 2 that Pastor Paul so beautifully read Now we see the Holy Spirit manifesting himself, not in one single flame of fire, but in multiple tongues of fire, resting on every person present. They heard a mighty rushing wind that filled the entire room, much like the air being let out of a balloon. That's a joke. (laughs) How overpowering that must have been. A gateway from heaven had been opened in this moment and the earth was being righteously invaded by the presence of God. We see the Holy Spirit taking his dwelling place in man. Man was now the tabernacle, the dwelling place for the almighty God. No, man no longer needed a priest to go into the most holy place as we are now the priest. We now have access to the fullness of God to empower us, to embolden us, to fill us with the power for the working of miracles and the power to love those that God himself loved. And sometimes the greatest miracle is loving your neighbor. We are now given the power to speak the word of God with boldness, to speak into the language of both ethnicity and culture with wisdom and authority. To speak now the words that God has put in our mouth, be it seasoned with grace, joy, and other fruits of the Spirit. To speak words of fierce boldness in prayer against principalities and powers that seek to steal, kill, and destroy. To speak words of desperate prayer that cry out to God in our native language or a language unknown given to us by the Holy Spirit. To speak words of repentance, confession, and conviction to our God, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to our spouse, to our friends. The nation of Israel was birthed through the speaking of God's word with boldness, through the God's servant Moses who was enveloped 
in the glory and the spirit of Almighty God. The church of Jesus Christ was birthed through the speaking of the word of God with boldness, empowered by the infilling of the Holy Spirit to those in the upper room. We got a taste of that just a moment ago. The church of Jesus Christ now grows through the speaking of the word of God with boldness that is empowered by the infilling of the Holy Spirit of all believers. Pentecost is a renewal of the connection between heaven and earth. And as we look at the feasts and festivals, the story of Exodus and Mount Sinai, what took place in the upper room, and what has been going on for eternity in the throne room, through all these great lessons we see an amazing, powerful, and sovereign God wanting to make his dwelling place among us so that he can empower us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And the question I have for us all today as we move on is, are you available? Am I available to be filled with God's spirit to go into all the world and to preach the gospel?